It's the A Steve Show, starring your titular host, Steve. Hey, Chris. And co-starring Chris the Ramble Pack. Woo, yay. Woo, yay. With special guest appearance by Reese the Dog, who's not actually in here. But you might hear her barking. Anyways, yes, that is our that, that's a special opening for our WandaVision, which even, just before we recorded, me and Steve, I'm giving Steve a bunch of crap about stuff, and we have this, like, heated argument. Well, not really heated, but, like, for us heated. And now, I have to ask Steve, when you first told me about this show, you described, I'm paraphrasing here, but the first description you said was... Marvel was doing something surprisingly avant-garde. Not avant-garde for Marvel. That wasn't your first description. I'd give you a lot less crap if you said avant-garde for Marvel Cinematic Universe. But tell me, Steve, what is the definition of avant-garde to you? Um, it's... It's basically like it's... I would almost describe it as something which is designed is dissonant by design and is kind of i don't know that's that's that would be the, the kind of the core thing is that there's dissonance by design that is completely incorrect <laughs> so well, no the, you're actually further off than i expected because hold on let me pull up my phone just to be sure because if we pull up the biggest thing about avant-garde's definition is new new being the key idea so for marvel Cinematic Universe. This is new for them. And this is me, of course, being pedantic. Pedantic, pedantic. But the new thing. and unusual or experimental ideas, especially in the arts. Which, for Marvel Cinematic Universe, this isn't even that a maybe. Because you How know who, you know what this show completely, entirely reminds me of? A combination of Pleasantville, Truman Show, and Legion. And in fact, Legion did some of the stuff that WandaVision does, but better. And closer to the actual definition of avant-garde, so, but not actually. Yeah, Legion is definitely more more avant-garde. I mean, this is... Okay, so by comparison, okay, Pleasantville, yes, had the idea of, you know, people trapped in a black and white world. And there were a couple moments where they obviously ate Pleasantville... On uh, WandaVision. On WandaVision. I. We're talking about a, a new and unusual. I can't think of the the structure of the core, the, the show's core plot device, which is the characters are essentially trapped in a TV show, which is based on a different era of television with each episode moving forward as the plot moves forward. I there it are in avant-garde, but I get what you're trying to say. Well, especially after the first couple episodes, it's it's becomes a lot less be less, less so. So I had only seen it maybe the, a lot I more the first the first two episodes which are the most like yeah, this is not. There's even even being able to name three things that have done something similar before. Right? There's definitely Truman Show elements. Um, 
you know, there's three, we already agree there's Pleasantville elements and there's, there's some similarities to Legion. I only ever watched Legion season one. So. Same here, but it's yeah. enough. I can, I can definitely. Season one followed and dragged out the mystery for longer, let's be honest. Yeah. I, I do feel like, I mean, this is just, it's a, it's the sort of thing that you could not have imagined a major studio doing, especially considering where this, how this kind of falls in their Marvel, their playbook right now. I think part of it that makes it different as well, I didn't watch it one episode a week. And it boggles my mind that Disney Disney and Disney Plus are still doing this instead of doing the Netflix model. They're trying to do like traditional television. I can only wonder if it's trying to do like a numbers game or it's because there's such a comparative lack of content, which sounds silly because it's like, oh, they got all of Disney. Yeah, they got all the stuff you've already seen. All the stuff that's new, on the other hand, releasing one episode a week drags it out and makes it makes you realize well, well makes you less aware that this is all they got kind of a thing like well there's probably an element of that I actually I think at least if the, I think that they're the way that they're doing the content is somewhat conscious of that um, and the fact that you know with both the Mandalorian and now with WandaVision the episode length is also highly variable and on the short side. On the short now, side, definitely. And I think that, to me, works better in a in a once-a-week format. I think we've kind of forgotten what that feels like a lot, where we don't watch a ton of shows that, you know, we're used to, we're getting used, got used to Netflix content dumps. Or even with, you know, things like, um, you know, I don't know, anime or something like that, where a lot of times... Most of the time, that actually is once a week. Well, that yeah. it starts out once a week, but a lot of times where we get it in the States or when we when it gets added finally to a streaming service, it's a content dump. It's not... Only really the, on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, maybe on Netflix. Where I've, um, Trust me, simulcast is a big thing in anime, which means right. when it's airing in Japan, it's streaming in North America. Right, so, something right. So, so yeah, that's, I guess there's a mix... Because I was thinking of like we were watching the my kids watching the the Pokemon anime. That's where going they to be switched. different, especially because again Netflix is the only group that decides we're going to hold on to the these episodes and then release them. Right, like where Chunk. they've switched it from from where previous seasons we were getting it one episode at a time. Now it's it's doing a dump every you know whatever it is every couple months they're they're dumping 12 episodes yeah of of the run so right so it's not I, obviously not everyone is doing it but there has been a broader shift in the last couple of years or even shows that run episodically like you did with this you didn't watch it live you binged I it binged it once but, it was done and that's the funny thing cuz i did two episodes at a time on average, each episode was 30 minutes. So technically, it's not unlike watching a single one-hour episode, but if they had stuck to one-hour episodes, then it still would have been eight or nine episodes, and you would have had... Because like, well, the reason that I bring this up is that my thing with the beginning of the show, 
is I feel like it would be a struggle to go through three weeks of them leaning hard into that decade era sitcom. Now, they, they released episodes one and two simultaneously. Oh, they did. So, they did the okay. first two episodes together, and then the next week was episode three. So, episode three is where you get the... Where it, it kind of starts extending the breaks in in what's going on and kind of and first hints at the larger Yeah, episode. and then the fourth episode is the actual, like, here's, the actu- here's well, what's actually going on and where I really got invested. Right. Because that, the, I, sorry, it's like I'm trying to think about how to discuss this. Without, with kind of the initial discussion without spoilers. Well, I mean, it's not even just that. It's, so first episode is very 1950s Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Um, second episode isn't much different. It's still along those lines, but it's in the 60s now. It might be more... And it's, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's like how the 50s and 60s don't feel that different from one another. In terms and of... Yeah. They lean... Like, they lean well into that era. Like, I don't... We live in an era of... Political fla- inflammatory situations, right? Mm. And sometimes this includes looking at the past with the desire to, like, take a scalpel to it. And so the recreation of those old-time sitcoms without taking the opportunity to try and make some remark about how awful those times were... Or this, or man, like, isn't modern day so much better and more informed Just or whatever? An, an like, earnest. It's an earnest recreation of the style of humor, and it's done in a way that almost feels loving. Yeah, it's definitely like I think, especially of like the second episode, it's very much a a loving, tr- sort of nostalgic, earnest, nostalgic tribute. To these types of shows that, you know, are most of us only know from reruns on Nick at Night. Yeah. Um, or, you know, at least our generation knows them from reruns of Nick at Night. I don't know if... Yeah, I liked enjoy- I enjoyed watching Nick at Night as a kid for a while. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I enjoyed, like... I remember... I feel like Gilligan's Island, for some reason, I really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, yeah, so... So... And that's that's kind of... It is interesting because on the one hand, I, it, it got a little... By episode three, it was getting a little tiring for me. But then also by episode three, they start opening up the broader story, the background of what's yeah, happening. By episode... Again, episode four is where I was sold in because that's part of the downside as well as the first two episodes in particular. Like the very first episode, I think I sent you a message on Discord or something about it because it's like... I appreciate how invested they are in that era of comedy and recreating it. But, man, the whole misunderstanding about, like, oh, who put the heart on the calendar? Oh, wife thinks it's this event, but it's really this event. Shenanigans ensue. Like, 
that kind of comedy at this point in my life, I just, I, 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 no, I can't. You gotta be really good with handling that. And it's a shame because I had a, a perfect example with friends of mine about having that sort of confusion in comedy and it working. It may have been from an Edgar Wright movie, I cannot recall. But it was like something along those lines of like that level of cleverness. So it's like, okay, that's when it's okay. But like here, it's so, it's like we've like generations, right? Decades of sitcom television writing. And it's like, I am so ready to never have to deal with a storyline like this again. I am so sick of this. And the second episode was much like that. And so back to back, I had two episodes, and I'm like, I, I got it. I, mm. I, I, so the, the, the second episode, I, that's the one with the magic show, right? Yes. And so I, I, were the, I found the first episode a little bit more different. I actually really enjoyed the way that they did the... The, the actual uh, magic show itself was great. Yeah. You get a chance to see, but this is also like, if you only know Paul Bettany as the Vision, this is a great series to see him do other things. Yeah, It'd be Jarvis sure. and the Vision. Um, and that that's an episode where he does a pretty darn good job. And I, I actually also want to say, because again, you get the different eras of sitcom, like from the 50s to the aughts. Yeah, I feel like and Malcolm in the Middle is the last one you really get. No, you get Office Space. And, oh, that's right. Office, oh, Office. You get the, the Office and Parks and Rec style. Yeah, in the and, the, and the, you're right. And, and that fake documentary. Yeah, you're right. Kind okay, of style. yeah, the fake. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. That started to happen in the aughts and then the tens, if you want to call them that. So it's like that. That was like the last one you really get, but it's also where, and that's by oh, that yeah, episode, the it feels yeah. so worn thin. Like Malcolm in the Middle should have been the last one, but at that point, like that last one, it was so yeah. worn thin by that point that it's like, all right, let's 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 get let's yeah. Get it's going. sort of the the show as a whole. It definitely pushes the edge of the viewer investment in the in the, the gimmick. in the in the gimmick, right? Where I, I think they generally do a good balance of it and maybe that the last episode that uses the gimmick with the right where they they do the office parks and rec style like what's interview thing and the funny thing what's interesting about their choice of malcolm in the middle other than realizing oh yeah they can do that now because disney owns fox ah. um the interesting about that is that malcolm in the middle is hardly representative of the 90s sitcom and is more like a precursor to where sitcoms like Scrubs and How I Met Your Mother would go in the aughts. Yeah. And then I feel like stuff like Parks and Rec really picked up in the 10s. So that was a weird sort of interesting element where it's like, this is where they decided yeah, to Yeah, I feel like Seinfeld but, and Friends were more of the... But what they were looking for was a well, family-based... The 90s was also a weird one because, again, you have Seinfeld. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Friends, that's another perfect example. But Home Improvement and stuff was still around. You they have the, like the, the, the TGIF, whatever. The yes, like, yes, yes. Where with like Boy Meets World or... Um, you had a whole bunch of different stuff, yeah. But yeah, Malcolm in the Middle... Malcolm in the Middle was ahead of its time. Is and so that's one of the reasons. Yeah, that was very late too. Yeah, it was late, but it's also like it was ahead of its time and also '90s. And granted, we're doing live action, but what also was a great upheaval in the sitcom space was The Simpsons. Now that would have been an interesting thing to 
to do if they had done an animated episode. That might have that might have sort of taken things to the next level. But it did. steps away from the family orientation because those cartoons were specifically for adults. And all the sitcoms thus far they've named that have been family oriented, which is also fitting thematically, which that might be spoiler territory. Yeah, I mean the The Simpsons was I mean, it became family entertainment, but it was not intended to be. I mean, right? It was, but it was not like so. Like Family Guy, for as an as a you know the being sort of the next step from The Simpsons was well, very deliberately vulgar. Because there's also we got the critic, which is you know, well, it stinks. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine used to call me the critic because of that show. Yeah, um, when I was in college. But you have the critic, you have Duckman. And you have so many that I've forgotten, and so is the right. rest of time. Exactly. There was so a the, whole the bunch ones, of animated shows that tried to be the next Simpsons. But the one Family Guy was the next one that actually became a success, and of course Futurama right. too. Right. Which yeah, Futurama, Simpsons, Futurama. But I mean, right. That, that could have been an interesting opportunity. Um, obviously, maybe I'm sure somebody in the writers' room was maybe floated that, but that's not Possibly. the direction they went. Um, if they had half a brain in the writers' room. Somebody floated that. Yeah, but, but so I think the overall they did a good job of balancing the sort of viewer interest and the gimmick, where they didn't they pushed it kind of to the edge. I don't know that they ever went over at least on my interest. They never went over the edge where I was just like, this is too much. I mean, as for me, actually, for me, 90s was actually at the point where I was like, are we still doing this much of it? It's like, this isn't the interesting part of the show anymore. And maybe part of that's because it's close, like, of the things I'm nostalgic for in the 90s, television is actually not one of them for the most part. I'm kind of glad, like, I, I don't know, because I've, I've, I'm a bigger video gamer. Therefore, video games of the 90s really hit my nostalgia bone. Movies, somewhat depends on the movie. Music, depends on the music. Animated cartoons we watched, sort of. I say music. Anime of the '90s means more to me than the actual like television that was meant for me. Right, and um, again, for me, like I, I hated most of these sitcoms. I don't I think I ever watched Malcolm in the Middle like very much. Like I've seen episodes of it, but it wasn't something. Just I watched some of the a lot. first season. Yeah, one of the big thing. That's when me and my brother and stuff. We were watching. The, I remember we saw the opening. Uh, and the opening theme song, and we're like, that's a clip of anime! So we were immediately more interested. Interesting. I don't yeah. even remember what the anime was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I feel like more I, Seinfeld and Friends would have been more definitive for me as things I watched in the 90s um, or watched repeats of from the 90s. Actually, that is also one criticism I have for the. Uh, because every, every era's got its own opening theme, right? Mm -hmm. Where they fit it to the time period. Actually, that was interesting. The second episode doesn't. The second episode doesn't really have a new theme. Interesting. I, I, the third episode does have a theme. I think the 80s episode does. The 90s episode, where it's trying to be Malcolm in the Middle and trying to have that... It is way too artificial. It does not sound like it's, a, it's in a garage at all or anything. Yeah. And it's funny because the instead of the actual Malcolm in the Middle opening, the first opening that came to mind was actually Pete and Pete. But it doesn't actually, like, they, they needed to get 
They needed to put the effort that Edgar Wright put into Scott Pilgrim with, what was it, Beck that he had to do the music? Yeah. And they intentionally were like, let's make it sound as bad as possible. Because you want that authentic garage band, no actual sense of what they're doing with the audio equipment sound to it. And it's like, while, while the 90s, you know, that era of grungy punk, pop grunge, I guess you can call it, was like more artificial and produced, it's like, this is way too produced. This is way too like produced and artificial and everything. They yeah, needed to I mean, go for something a lot more garage. Yeah, I get that. I, what's interesting, I don't. It's it's hard to not go too far into spoiler territory here. Yeah, we because be it's very careful. Because it's they later in the show they they put a little bit of sense into the this sort of framing device of the narrative which is these classic these classic sitcoms yeah. and sort of the idea that and I think this hits this definitely you know hits in some ways from a, an emotional standpoint for anybody that the you know we sort of imagined you we imagine life being kind of like we see it on TV and and you know what happens when when life doesn't actually live up to those expectations of of our you know you know what I mean when life is life you know, when, like, when, when life is life exactly uh, whether well, before it's we go, before whether we go it's further, just the audience or whether you know you're Wanda Maximov before we and, go further because yeah. I guess we do want to go into spoilers quickly even though like, I've been playing a little loose but I also think like. A lot of what I've spoken about, like you could basically guess a lot of what's happening in this. Right, show. the idea that this without the, actually seeing, because I didn't even see the trailers really. I just saw some of the pr promo, like uh, right. visual. The stuff, idea that like, we're moving. I have an idea what's going on. The, the idea that we're moving through decades of of sitcoms as we move through the story, I think, is is pretty much you can figure everyone out. understands that that's the premise of the show. That kind but, of stuff. Yeah. Um, to discuss in broad strokes, you know, the show and its quality. And up until the last two episodes, this was, I think, overall very good show. And then the last two episodes were like, by the way, we have this rejected script for a Scarlet Witch movie. Uh, why don't we just slam this into the last two episodes? And it becomes a Marvel movie at the end. Which, yeah. for some people, that might actually improve it. But for me, it was like, yeah, this doesn't actually improve the struggles so of the So I feel like, and I feel like what they, the, the big issue with that is there was very, there was some, but very minimal progress towards the reveal. Where it just feels like a sort of pull the curtain back and this is what's really... If you really... go back and re-watch this, if you go back and rewatch the episodes, there's no element of like, oh man, I never noticed that before. It's like, okay, I guess that just explains that one scene. That's the thing. Yeah. There's only like one scene that it feels like had any explanation. Right. Because well, there's yeah. one scene that was kind of left like, I wonder what's going on there. 
And instead, it's like, oh, okay, so that's it. I mean, and there's aspects of it. There's, there's aspects of it that that make. I haven't you know, gone back and rewatched it, but just looking back, there's they there's, show you all the moments anyway. Yeah, they do kind of show you, but like, yeah, there's aspects of it that can kind of make a little bit more sense in the final context, but it doesn't feel like a well-earned reveal. It's not. They didn't, um, so like Dana actually picked up on on what was really going on to some degree. We'll discuss that from later from, from what was from this the show. But I just felt like the the larger the larger pieces and conclusions they didn't give you. This is my this would be my one the one place I fault the show where I kind of knew that the conclusion was inevitably going to be. Sort of like a, a B-grade version of a Marvel movie. I kind of I knew that was coming, so that was part of my expectation. But my so my biggest complaint about the show is just that while they had a lot of fun getting you there, I didn't feel like they gave you the the breadcrumbs that the sort of I don't know I don't want to like be full of myself here, but the the breadcrumbs that the astute viewer can pick up on and for big reveals and things to be an aha moment not a like what the heck is happening moment yeah i feel like we didn't get those to a large degree and that's that's probably the one place i'd really ding the show and for me again it's like because when i look at the whole big marvel thing i ask myself and it's like how does this make the central conflict to wanda's character any more interesting and the thing is, it, it actually makes it less interesting. And a lot of the resolution, actually, the actual character resolution, the actual heart, and it feels after that like it's a bit rushed. And there's maybe one moment that's well done, but you don't need the big Marvel moment for it to happen. So now, I mean, that's the thing, like, right now we can't get into specifics because there's no spoilers. Yeah. I, but it's like, that's the thing, like, Depending on who you are as a person, like maybe you're the kind of person that once it gets to all the spectacle, you'll be like, yeah, man, this is great, it's wonderful. Um, for me, and there's another element that again, we'll have to get into with spoilers, that like just, it went from being, this is a solid show. It's funny because in a lot of ways, like this is what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should have been. And yet, it's still not as good as the first season of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones. But hey, this is pretty good television. But then the end of it was just like, eh. And yeah. part of it's also because it's, the, everything about the end reminds you, this is part of the cinematic universe, so we're going to set up this and that. And it's like, you know, you were a great standalone experience until then. Yeah, I didn't, I mean... Again, this I guess part, it's just sort this of is partially like, me. This is partially right, that's, that's like, kind of your thing. That was sort of my expectation was that this had to end in spectacle and cinematic universe tie-in. Another another point I kind of forgot to mention before. Part of the strategy, I think, in the episodic delivery, the way the the weekly delivery rather than a, a binge delivery, is is social media. I know you're kind of off social media at the moment. Well, even then, but I hated was, the idea of the water cooler conversation. But you, you, I know you, you kind of hate that. But the whole, all of these different theories that crop up 
and it also and gives... how many were wrong? All of them. Um, yeah. It, well, not all of them. There were a couple. A couple people, you know, picked out some some at least some key points. But the and but that's part of this. That's part of the experience, right? Is the ability you don't just have this all to binge it in one week and have a completed thing. And now just like Game of Thrones, you can forget all about it and then wait for the next thing to come in that you can theorize about and then like completely empty your brain of that material once it's done yeah. so that you can sit there and completely consume and consume as, and consume as much as while disposing of empty McDonald's bags into the backseat of your car. That's a like, little bit of an exaggeration. It is, but, it's how people it, treat this stuff, dude. I mean, and to some degree... But so I'd I mean, Game of see the Game of part of the, the 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 you bring up Game of Thrones, and what was the thing with Game of Thrones was people didn't like how the ending turned out, and not people didn't like how the ending turned out. The ending was objectively bad, and the last two seasons were objectively just throughout what made the first three quarters of the show what what it was. My turn to digress. Um, firstly, anyone that actually read the books knew this immediately, immediately before they even started DV, before they even, before they even ran out of books. If you had read the books, you already saw the deviations coming and were like, okay, these are TV writers. They're not as good as a, like an author. Uh, and so the show's going to start getting bad. Now you can talk about objectively or not. And it's funny because I'm the person of all people that would talk about objective versus subjective. But it's not that the story itself is necessarily bad or the ending itself because there's enough hints, especially in the books, for what the ending's going to be. The problem is, firstly, audience expectation. And secondly, the people writing the TV show were just not skilled enough. So the execution is what's really at fault. Well, so what, what makes it... regardless, because that's digression, the point more is, even if the ending was good, it would still be forgotten for next week's consumption. No, I, I actually disagree with that. I think that if the ending had been... So here's here's an example... Name me a show that they ended well, because there have been, that people still talk about. Uh, let me finish my... Because the, was... the Netflix Marvel's already been forgotten. Let me finish what I was my thought before I addressed your thought. So here's part of the, here's just an, as an example of the issues. One of the things that made Game of Thrones work is one of the ways they juggled multiple plot threads were things like it was a soap opera. Were no, were things like travel time. That dude, that, you don't have to tell me this. Okay, no, no, let me let me actually talk and okay, don't just okay, okay. don't just be dismissive of my ideas. So things like travel time where we could we could move from plot beat to plot beat because we knew it was going to take a long time for character A to get from point one to point two. And there was an element of realism in in the way that that was presented. Because but it was based off you, of a far better written book. Right, than but so by the time you get into, but so it's not just, so the same screenwriters who were adapting the book wrote the final seasons but they just completely forgot about the fact that, like, because they're oh, TV yeah. writers. Oh yeah, we need to, we need to, you know, allow time for for characters to travel. There's entire plot threads that are are dropped. There's the part of the whole charm of the show was that anybody could die 
at any time, essentially. Once you kind of figured out who were the really important characters, it started to become less clear. But... That's also true. There was... Right. Yeah. The... Um, as an example, and now we're on a major digression. So, the... Where the show lost believability for me was when Arya Stark gets stabbed like 20 times and um, and lives. And then it just, she kills the, the waif, um, you know, learns the many faces thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, then just, and then just like continues. But like, it seems like, like that shouldn't have, she shouldn't have just been able All to get... All they had were George R. R. Martin's notes. They didn't have his book. Right. George R. R. Martin actually cared about that stuff. Your average TV writer, because as good with quotes around my fingers, as good as television writing has supposedly become, it's still not really very good when it comes to a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and right, and but so, here's the thing: the again, fandom, the fandom all knew this. I hate the word fandom, but the fandom all, all knew this and was all talking about this all through the last few seasons. So when you finally get to a no, not all of them, not all of them. But there was a there was a largely if you I go not, if you if you were following something like the Free Folk Reddit, that was they were they were the the a tied, bunch of them were probably book fans, right? But either way, the tide in that shifted, and eventually, even in the main the other Game of Thrones subreddit, because that was a lot of my interaction with it was on Reddit, they eventually turned. To basically agree with the free folk stuff, but that the 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 tide was in the larger groups was that the show is getting worse and worse. We're losing, you know, plot threads that were supposed to looked important. It's not just that they ended in a disappointing fashion; it's that we've completely just forgotten about them. We cut all these threads without closing them, without connecting them, and we get to a finale that has basically forgotten about five seasons of the show and given us, and just basically, maybe that is the ending that George R. 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 Martin also got to, but they basically cut off half of He'll the storytelling. He'll never get to it. Well, which he never will before he dies. Uh, yeah, let's be serious. He cut a bunch of this stuff. Right. Yeah. But so anyway, so, so to, to bring this back around, I think the issue is where you bring in things like, you know, do people still care about the Marvel, Daredevil, and the other stuff? There was never a a clear arc which led us to a clear ending. These shows just got just got cut off, and so we didn't have this uh, this ability. There are still plenty of shows that people look back on fondly and rewatch and other things without having to be like. But everyone who loved Games of Thrones, when that thing ended, it was done. Even the most hardcore of the fan base was just like this. This is done. We are over Game of Thrones, and I don't know how do we even get here. Why do we just talk about Game of Thrones for ten? Minutes? I digressed, and I also want to add to a point where again it's like okay, those Reddit communities were Reddit communities. Being on the social media that I was at the time, I got to see a whole bunch of pardon the expression normies react very positively right up until specific episodes in the last season. And it's only the last season that these people believe, and specifically these last few episodes, that ruined the show as a whole. 
So, so, so even you have we, even a whole bunch of people like outside of these communities that, and again, it's like, and it doesn't even, even then it still doesn't dismiss the greater point that move on from that disappointment, find your next binge. Nobody talks about how, how many people are talking about House of Cards anymore? Is anyone talking about Orange is the New Black since I don't know if there's even a new season or anything? Like, well, right, so how many of these shows get just left behind because, and then part of it's the marketing model. Netflix, they want you to think about the next, as soon as you're done WandaVision, by the way, Captain America and Winter Soldier. It's like, yeah, there's no time well, to sit there and ruminate on anything because they don't want you to. But, so, I think the answer is, is yes, there's a truth to that. But there's also, that goes with anything where, we were talking about this at work the other day. Uh, so somebody, somebody tells me, asked me, uh, what's your favorite movie about music? And you know my answer is? Take a guess. Your answer? I don't think I know enough movies about music. Um, uh, I don't know. Jesus Christ Superstar. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> one. Which is not actually about music, but. One, no. Two, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That is a movie you know about music. You know what? It's funny because I think of it as a movie about video games. Well, not, is it, it is not a, actually about it's. It's using music and video. It games is a comic book as video game punk rock movie. It's. I mean, the, the story is about a girl. It's about a coming of. It's a coming of age story when the guy's already an adult. Right. Exactly. But which is it's, it's so many things. But it's the perfect millennial anthem. But it's music like, is. So incredibly core to the, you know the band the and it's uh, part of the identity of the character uh, of the yeah. of the identity here and and like this is again a movie where you have a like EDM duo that manifests a spirit dragon from their music which battles against a punk rock band which that, has a spirit yeti made out of electricity yeah. right exactly and they battle over their music like this is a anyway I digress. So I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I've probably watched that movie 20 times. And, and you know, my coworkers like, oh, I've probably seen it, like, once. And so, but I feel like that's, that is how it is with, with a lot of people, a lot of media, where... Everyone will where have the, their favorite, okay. Well, yes. not just everyone has their favorite, but everyone will have the things that they come back to and ruminate on to some degree. And there are some types of consumers that are more likely to go back and ruminate on but with a show like this I think the best that you can hope for is something that was worth consuming the first time and that maybe is worth that that second you know that you know we're saying ruminate that means the cows that you know digest something and then okay marry digest it whatever whatever it is yeah but I know I think ruminates good because it's like you digest it, digested, yes. and then you like, and then you like bring it back up, and then you digest it again, and you bring it back up, and you digest it. It again. makes it sound gross, but I guess I it does sound good. But that's kind of what you do, right? Yeah, that is that, that's very much what I like to do. And yes. until finally you can poop it out, and so <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, but that's but to, to, so. So again, well, I to, don't to also slightly rewind again because okay, for me to step off of my high horse for a minute. To more to get more specific about it is for most people, 
this won't be a problem. Like some of my issues won't be a problem. For me, where I want a product to be a good story with its own ideas, its own theme, start to finish, that I can go back to and I can absorb and I can experience it as its own unique thing, which first season of Daredevil, I can. First season of Jessica Jones, I can. WandaVision opens up in ways those shows didn't to be like, by the way, and it's like, eh, especially because, again, one of the things towards the end makes this feel more like a prologue. It's like an origin story for a character that we didn't need an origin story for. Um, but that's going to get further into spoilers. So I guess, I mean, it's good. Do is it, I don't know, but you... Should we do... I'm almost wondering whether this is what we could do two tiers. I mean, it's, we're, we're pretty far in. But I almost felt like initially that we could have done two tiers of spoilers where we could have done these sort of more thematic spoilers where we talk about stuff that happened without necessarily spoiling no, the final two just, episode reveals. Just, but spoil everything. We'll just spoil everything. Okay, anyway, if you haven't watched it yet, if you have... Some appreciation. Okay, for, we'll, we'll give a warning before the last two. The, yeah, yeah. I think we'll kind of do a little bit. Yeah. So, but if if you have an appreciation for or a nostalgia for, you know, classic TV sitcoms, and you also like superheroes, then have we got a show for you? And, and that's, that's the superhero is even tangential. If you're interested right. in genre fiction that does interesting things. That also happens to be a love letter to more than five decades of television. Then you'll have a decent good time. It's, it's definitely worth paying for a month of Disney Plus for. And if you want to wait till Falcon and the Winter Soldier finishes its run, it that seems like I watched the first episode. That seems like it's going to be pretty good too. So I'm well, going to wait on it. Yeah, it's a it's like they they open up with a really big action sequence. And then the whole rest of the show is like, you know, I'm super damaged from having murdered hundreds of people over decades where I awoke from one war into another and now I don't know who I am now that I'm just actually awake in myself. And also, I'm the other guy and I will never be good enough to fill the shoes of the guy that asked me to fill his shoes and let's think about this for a little bit and also race in America um, but that's I mean that's basically it's like it was like a 10 minute action sequence and then 40 minutes of of you know let's think really hard about these issues and all this other stuff but anyway so it might be good um, totally different than WandaVision but yeah, definitely, I, I definitely recommend WandaVision. It's a cool experiment. If you again, if you just like genre fiction that does different things, um, and I uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to enter our first layer of spoilers again. Not going to cover the last two episodes yet. Just the most most of the thematic stuff. Um, which I don't even think there is even a lot to discuss. Yeah, it'll probably be like so. oh, it shouldn't be too too long. Um, Alright, uh, so here's your warning. Spoiler time. Snip, snip. So, right. okay, I was going to say. Thematic content. Grieving. 
Grieving, obviously. One long stage of denial. Yeah, one really long stage of denial. Because that's because the, the big thing is like, okay, how is this even happening? Honestly, the 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 excuses given for how this is all happening is still kind of like you've really got to buy into that. You really got to buy into. Well, like, so I think Rhonda's of- got her magic going on, and she's forcing an entire town in Westview, New Jersey. New Jersey looks like it could be Salem County or Cumberland County, but it or looks slightly plausible. I, I, I was thinking it's it not. Was, a, it's filmed in Georgia. So I was gonna say it seemed more. So I was getting more of a vibe of like Sussex, Essex County. That further north? Yeah, that's like northwest. I don't really go north. Yeah, no, I was thinking more <laughs> of a northwest Jersey vibe. But yeah, like Salem, somewhere. Yeah, you could. Sort of believe that somewhere in Salem County or Cumberland County, you might have a town like that with farmland surrounding, because um, it's a lot of farmland out in those counties. But I mean, really, they just filmed it in Georgia and called it New Jersey. But um, well, why not? But but um, so yeah. So to, to to the actual point, it's like it's it's about what you. I mean, it's what you'd expect on the tin. It's like the movie. The, the movie. The show is. Wanda's entire grieving process. What makes it interesting is because innocents are getting wrapped up in her grieving process, in her inability to move on, in her desire to just live in this fantasy because she feels like vision was taken from her kind of a thing. That is interesting because she's not really the hero. Yeah, that is... And even even by the end, she's still not. When it's the all hero. when it's all said and done, she's not the hero. And she's it, just like, yeah. It's and, very fitting for the character. It's very fitting for like. Do you remember back? You one of the other uh, episodes you and I were discussing Marvel films, and I think I mentioned I didn't really understand what what a Black Widow movie would even be because I don't know what you'd even do with the character. The character is basically set. She's done. She's had all of her arcs. She is who she is. Versus Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff has her... Like, after Captain America's Civil War, it's the perfect opportunity to have a movie with that character trying to figure herself out and find her place. They never did that. This show fills that space. It allows her to be the central focus and to develop, and to give her an arc. Because she's always sort of like... Because she's part of the Avengers, yes. She also blew up the whole like floor of a building by accident. You know, because she didn't have full control of her powers yet. And this feels within that character uh, element, where she's... Like, some element of her powers have gone beyond her control, and she's therefore hurting others unintentionally... But, you know, it's causing her now, it's like, in order to do the right thing, you have to let go of the thing that you love. Yeah, that is interesting. The the sort of the... The idea that through her grief, through her desire to, you know, make things the way they were, she's hurting others um, in that. That's... And again, through this idea, this imaginary perfect family, right? She's got the, the, the two boys, 
um, and the you know the husband and the perfect life in the suburbs and all this other stuff that it's it's all a it's all a fantasy and it's but it all ties back basically to to her nostalgia to her family where this isn't just her grieving for the loss of the vision this is her grieving for the loss of her parents and the life they could have lived in you know in war turn war turn made up um, Soviet block Wachovia? country Wachovia Wachovia something Kovia not Wachovia that's the bank what? Soko- Sokovia 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 not like it's like Slovakia and Wachovia um, it's Sokovia. Sokovia. It's interesting you bring that particular flashback up because that's exactly where I'm like, we really didn't have to, we really didn't need to know where her love of sitcoms comes from. And also, I need to, I need to speak to someone that's lived in like a war-torn country because it just seems really unusual to me that you look out your window and see people shooting at each other, but then just close the curtains and be like, let's watch TV, everyone. And it's like bullets outside, I can, firing right now. Like, I, I and it doesn't. And I don't mean it doesn't look like. It, 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 I'm talking warfare, not like, you know, last action hero. I'm. I just shot somebody, and I want to confess. Shut up down there. Like, we're not talking right. like you heard someone get shot and their shoe stolen. We're talking like, like a, a, a war. So, I, I so I don't know. I think it's somewhat, it's maybe a little bit exaggerated, but also somewhat consistent with narratives I've heard of the idea of you know, the the parents sort of just turn up the TV a little louder uh, to block out whatever's happening outside. Um, in again, in some of these these sorts of situations, um, right? I don't know if that's. Again, it's, it's exa- I think it definitely is exaggerated, um, but I do definitely get this idea of it's an escape from the reality. Yeah. That the reality is and in there's that regard, tanks rolling down the street. In that regard, you're actually bringing up also a good point because what that flashback represents is we see how everyone that becomes family to her, everyone that she loves, gets taken from her. Brother, so parents. So first, or... Yeah, first she loses her parents and it's to wartime. Um, and yes, she was using TV to escape. Then she loses her brother. Now she's lost vision. And this is like where it becomes too much for kind of a thing. Like, because vision represented an opportunity to kind of have something new. Um, so I guess thematically it does fit. It just feels... Eh, it feels schlocky-ish. I don't know how else yeah, to call it. Like, something about it just felt like... Like, I watched it and I'm like, this show is not better without that scene. Like, that's just the feeling that I had from it. Um, but, on the whole... Again, and, and also to dial back a bit, because, yes, Wanda's the core here, but the show surprised... Like, it is a lot about Vision as well. And again, like as I said earlier, Paul Bettany, you get if you only know him as Jarvis and um, and uh, the Vision, this is a good opportunity to see him like do more acting. 
because like that's the funny thing like when I think back to like the whole spectacle I can't really think much specific about the spectacle like I was tuning out for a lot of that and yet I remember very much him like yelling at Wanda like I don't rem- I don't know who I am Wanda like yeah, he gets to flex his acting chops a little bit. And it's bit. like, that's a good moment of good drama. Like, and this is the thing. It's like where you can take this larger-than-life sense of, of fiction. You can take stuff that is relatable, right? Stuff that, like, happens in our everyday mundane lives, but then turn it into something much more larger-than-life. And they're able to deliver. Like, like, Paul Bettany really delivers on that in that scene. Like, that was just a great moment that I would probably remember really well from this. Because you're getting his pain. Like, you're getting his realization. Like, that there's something off here. Um, And it starts in the first episode. Um, And it just keeps going. Like, it, it develops in a way that it's like, this is really good character work. And... Again, it's like, that's the stuff that I really liked, and then the last two episodes happened. Right. And the last two episodes. So, so going into sort of the... the so, one other thing I was just thinking about. Like, I feel like Paul Bettany exercises a lot of range, and the um, Elizabeth Olsen... Not that... I think she does a good job. I feel like her general range in the show is... I finally get to speak with my actual accent. Right. And also... And also just, like, depressed housewife and mother is basically sort of, like, low-key depressed, like... Not early on. Not early on. Definitely by the time you hit Malcolm in the Middle and then the aughts, because it's getting more into that style. Yeah, it's... But that, that, that's kind of, um, you know. Anyway, but so kind of moving on to the, the final spoiler warning where we sort of... Pull the rug out from everything that's oh, going on. Oh, I do on. have one more controversial opinion. Oh. When the kids were narrating for Malcolm in the Middle, I'm so glad that kind of stuff is out of style. Because it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. bad. Uh, but yes, you can, we could do our yes. final stretch final, of Final spoilers. So, so one thing is, that's interesting standing out to me. And this is like the sort of a final, final spoiler, but just kind of tags on to what we're talking about with family and loss. Is the ending, the, the final, final ending is essentially that she needs to give up everything again, but willingly. So all of these things that were taken from her, her brother, you know, her family vision, it was taken without her choice. And so what she needs to do at the end is essentially make the choice to give up all of this again. And I, I, I thought that was interesting. And the other thing is that I'm that's been bugging me is the kids. So were the kids were the kids made up? Did she pull? three different sets of twins from the neighborhood at the area at different times. Like, so that there's a com like that they were there. So vision is part of the piece of the mindstone from in her. 
I have a feeling there's something similar where the kids were a little piece of her. Interesting. Hence they had her brother's power and her own power. But the thing is, they were still illusion. They weren't real. They're only upheld by the magic spell, effectively. Right, I guess that's true, because they were going to disappear when the spell was breaking. Because the whole time in the show, I'm trying to get... Like, I, I'm waiting for the... like To know what these kids are. Because you don't even know necessarily... What, well, they have you believe Vision was stolen. Right, they, 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 they lead you to believe, believe that... Vision was sorry, stolen. they lead like, you to so, believe that, 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 that... As you're getting through this, that, that she stole Vision... And has basically somehow reconstituted pieces of vision to be the vision in her in her imagination. Yeah, but instead she's evidently got a piece of Mind Stone inside of her because of S- Ultron, pre, like pre-Ultron stuff. And so she was able to do... I didn't... The, the thing. I didn't love Again, that. like if they didn't have the last two episodes as they were, you could have had more time to actually explain this. Uh, yeah, would have been great. Would have been wonderful. I didn't love the whole retcon flashback, like whole idea that like, you know, it wasn't just that she was, you know, sort of had her abilities manipulated by the Mind Stone. It was that she was always this Scarlet Witch. That's again where for me it actually does help reduce the character. Well, this is part part of this is also because again where I am in my age. I mean, I remember Goku is the legendary Super Saiyan, right? Like, I am sick to death of you know chosen ones and prophesied ones, and you know the the Neo is the one that is like Scarlet Witch is effectively the one now, and it's and also it's like we already. Dark Phoenix, come on, let's just be done with this crap. Well, I think what also, what makes it, what sort of makes it difficult is trying to figure out where the Marvel Universe is trying to go, where... This is setting her up for the next Doctor Strange movie. Right, well, yes. But more in terms of, like, did they regret sort of grounding some of these characters too much? That the, the, you know, Wanda Maximoff being that she received her powers from some experiment with the Mind Stone somehow made her too grounded and having her be this sort of metaphysical manifestation of chaos magic in the Scarlet Witch and she was that way from birth and the Mind Stone just kind of awakened that. Whereas it killed everybody else, like so, it, it sort of it sort of just feels like a really. It's I don't know that the Marvel the MCU has done a retcon on this level yet. This is where you get into very very again risky territory that could get into politics, where it talks about things like what the comics did and where the comics went, and you know regardless of where you stand, like for me. I think it's a flaw in writing ability where you think a character needs to in some way be special and elevated in order to make them good or interesting. The fact that she has powers is enough. But for some reason there's this idea, and this is me guessing, 
that there's this idea that she can't just have these powers. She's got to have a title with it. Like, people can't... Like, it can't just be, like, people on the street, like... You, the, the classic, right? All oh, people in the press are calling her the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. And I, I, you know, I hate this. We gotta get the Scarlet Witch off the street. Man Spider. Exactly. The yeah, yeah, human the, Spider. The human Spider. No, Spider Man. There you go. Yeah. The, it's like you gotta have. It's like you, you can just have that. That you know, like Hellboy did it. It's like they call him the Hellboy. You know, or right? Right. Like, right. You 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 could have that element, but instead it's like. It's gotta be like no 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 you're this you, it's like you're not just powerful you're the most powerful you're this and like it's it, uh, really yeah and that's for me it cheapens the character but again like maybe if I was thirteen I'd be like totally into it because it and, and again it's like that whole Tumblr this is my OC do not steal thing it's like your character's gotta have like wings and like be the daughter of a fallen angel or some crap like. Yeah, that that it's it's this kind of storytelling that is like, like I, I feel like there's people, and again, it's like it felt like the past decade of Marvel comics that continued to sell less and less as time went on, dove more into this kind of thing, and it's like, and that's the fear by a lot of people. A lot of people are afraid that the next generation of the MCU is going to be pushing that era of comics that sold less and less which is like why would you do this now is this the case i don't know i don't really at this point i don't really think i care i was interested in this for the character but because like that's the thing like the end with the end like not just having like by the way, we introduced this super-powered character. This is an origin story for her, too. Is she going to get a series or a movie? I don't know yet. Oh, um, And um, then you have... Right. Then you have... Uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't even then, touched, talked, on, talked about her. But. We haven't talked about a lot of the side characters. It's kind of a shame. Um, and then you have, like, the, the, the last, last, you know, scene where it's showing, like, a... I don't know which one's the projection. One of them is a projection. There's two Wandas around. One's walking around the house in Norway or something. The other's sitting there reading the evil book of evil tomes. And suddenly here's her child. And then it's like fade to black. Cut to black. And it's like that's probably the tie-in with Doctor Strange. And it's like that's the kind of thing where, again, for me, it's like you went from being... like You went from telling a closed-off story to now I know this stuff is existing for marketing purposes. And that just... Dude, honestly, that alone killed my interest in Falcon Winter Soldier. So I, I went from being interested to like, well, nope, nope, not for me. So yeah, well, as I said, so so there's, I mean, there's a couple different aspects to that. So I, I too am tired. I am tired of of Marvel uh, to a large degree. I'm tired. I was tired of keeping up. So, again, this is an expectation thing. My expectation going into this is this is a soft relaunch of the MCU happening right now. Because the last MCU content we've actually got was Spider-Man Homecoming. Or no, Far From Home. Yes. And that's been, what, 18 months? Oh yeah, because we were supposed to be more like than that. Four that was like, movies in by now. That was almost two years ago. This probably eighteen months. No, five the, movies in by now. Yeah, it was like eighteen months from the before the premiere of 
of WandaVision. And that's the thing, WandaVision was yeah. supposed to be last fall setting up for Doctor Strange. Right, and so... So yeah, so COVID this is, really screwed up the so, Marvel plan. So the fact that... So I think um, that's made me a little bit more tolerant of that sort of thing where... Where I understand that where there's a there's an aspect of this that's a standalone story about Wanda Maximoff's grief and discovering her true purpose, the, the whatever chaos magic Scarlet Witch. Um, so I I get that, but then I also understood just from a practical perspective that this was needed to kick off something. Bigger, which is going to be this is again this we're adapting comic books like every comic book I've ever read has been like this idea of telling a story and then having a stinger like I, I'm having a hard time thinking of comic books that end neat and that end a storyline neatly without a stinger. Like that's there the aren't a lot of good ones, and like I actually was talking to my brother about it. I wish more people would ref, would try and uh, target something like the Long Halloween, right? Right. The Long Halloween does count on you having some knowledge of Batman going in, but you don't need it. You can read the Long Halloween, and it is a murder mystery start to finish. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. It's a but, mystery. Batman's got to be an actual detective. And spoiler alert! In the end, he actually doesn't figure out the real murderer. Yeah. So, so it's, it's right. It's, I mean, exactly. So, but I'm saying it's in comic book storytelling, not having a, a stinger, not having a connection, not having a tie-in, is the exception, not the rule. The rule is if and so I can't. My expectation in an adaptation of a comic book is that. You're going to, you're always going to be pushing the next thing. But this is an interesting, but that, that's the funny thing when you go back to the beginning of the MCU, where, and part of it's because they were still figuring it out. Like Iron Man 2 is them clearly start trying to figure out how do we make these sequels now while still building to something greater. Especially because, oh crap, we need another Iron Man. This really took off. But like when you watch those, like when you watch Iron Man, standalone film with a light teaser, um, Captain America, First Avenger, standalone film with a teaser, hard um, teaser. Steve Rogers wakes up in 2010, and he's like, okay, hard "What teaser, the heck is going on?" It's, it's, that's a pretty hard like. But we the are film itself this. is standalone. Um, but the I mean the ending is pretty. Bleak for a standalone film. I just woke up in 2010. Is true. Well, at least you find out he doesn't die. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. But no, it's, and that's the thing. Like even Winter Soldier, you can watch Winter. Well, no, that's where actually where you get less of it. Because Winter Soldier, there's a lot of character stuff in there that does work as a standalone film. But then it's like, oh wait, no, because we're dealing with a Hydra crap. That's right. Like, oh, it's funny. It's like this. What do I remember most about that movie? Not the spectacle, evidently, because I'm starting to remember, like, oh, yeah, like, the three objective video game final confrontation. Like, split up your fire team and each complete an objective. Objective A, B, C. Like, oh, man, I forgot a lot of that movie. But that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, early, the first phase, okay, the first phase leading up to Avengers, each, one, each person's film felt like an individual standalone film. Mm -hmm. I think that there were a lot, because you also then had Thor. 
but it's like it felt like each film could be enjoyed on its own and then was the avengers and while it helps to have the original characters in your mind you can still watch that film and enjoy it for what it is phase two is where that started to change and by the next phase with like captain america civil war and all the other stuff it's like you kind of maybe that's one of the reasons guardians of the galaxy was so fun it feels very standalone right it feels very detached from the rest of the universe. Right, it becomes harder, and that's why it becomes exhausting, is because you are you have to do it. And so now, this phase, they're going to actually introduce a strong TV tie-in angle, where, right, it's, and, it, and the, the concept... Third time's a charm! <laughs> the concept does exhaust me a little bit. The idea that, like... In order to have the you know fully enjoy this, you're going to need to have you know watched every episode of every TV series and seen every movie. You're and gonna hate me for this. In order to fully enjoy this game, you need to play every season and do every mission. Where Zavala can be this guy that has the great well, arc. That's actually not. No. The- Anyway, I know, I know, I know. I know. I'm, I'm about to smash my whiskey glass over Chris's head. <laughs> so anyway, so I totally get it. I, so again, this is a, a part of it is is a matter of expectations, right? Um, you knew there was going to be a big spectacle of an ending, right? Well, I heard at, by then. I heard I know, by I, then. People I, I talked mean, about just, how it fell apart at the end. Like, I, I kind of figured. I mean, I guess I, just, I figured. So things I figured going in, right? Okay, I know this. I know what the, the framing device is. I know it has to end in a, in a big spectacle, um, where we reveal the the mystery of what's actually happening. Um, I wasn't expecting and, it to be such a Marvel movie, though. Yeah, like that's the thing. That, okay, so th- okay, let me finally explain that, this. Let me fully explain this because even when I heard it was going to be a big spectacle, I was expecting Scarlet Witch versus Sword or something like that, something to that effect. And while that would have been dumb, well, okay, I don't want to say dumb, just that would have been lame. You just, who is Agnes Harkness? Is she from the comics? Yeah. It sounds like a comic book name. Never heard of her. I don't know if she's like a B-list villain, C-list villain, I don't know. Because at the same time, Scarlet Witch is technically X-Men. So we're dealing with like, where does she come from? Is she an X-Men character or is she... Uh, yeah, I'm not even... I mean, I've been pretty deep in the comics. I haven't actually read anything with, with Agatha Harkness in it. Was it Agatha Harkness or Agnes Harkness? I think Ag- was it Agnes was her fake right, name. Right, it was her fake name. And it was Agatha Harkness was her... So, right. Okay, so so just to, to break it down real quick. So, what we do is we find out. Wanda has been creating this whole thing. But she somehow accidentally did it in a town in New Jersey where a refugee witch with energy draining powers has been hiding out for centuries since Salem, Massachusetts when she drained her entire Tell coven. Tell you don't even get that much. Like, who knows when she drained her, her entire coven of life. So she was protected from the spell, the hex, but was able to, and was able to manipulate aspects of it to her own end, which is to she realized that Wanda Maximoff must, in order to wield this power, must be this this mythical Scarlet Witch, 
who has the power of chaos magic. So Agatha Harkness is going to manipulate the end so that she can then drain the Scarlet Witch of her powers and herself, you know, basically become the most powerful witch that ever lived. There, okay, sorry, interjection. There's one thing that I just realized that is probably quite clever writing. Taking advantage of the stereotype of her talking about her husband, Ralph. And Ralph is the pseudo-Quicksilver whose house she's crashing in. Because his real name was Ralph Boner. That's right. See, there... Okay, so there, the areas where I'm actually curious about going back... The commercials... Because the commercials were actually pretty clever. Actually, yeah, the, commercial, commercials, the commercials were like clues and stuff, yeah. And also now, just... I can probably find compilations on YouTube or something, but like... Just to hear every line of dialogue she says about Ralph. And to see if she's actually talking accurately about... Because he seems like a bit of a slacker layabout. So it's like... That might have been actually some clever writing there. For something that actually honestly kind of felt random. Right. But... Anyways, yes, there was, you know... The little sort of pseudo fake out where they bring in X-Men Quicksilver... To play her brother. Right. Which is actually a neighbor. Which, according to the writers, the idea was for the audience to recognize him as Quicksilver immediately, but also have the dissonance in their brain that, like, we've recognized you as Quicksilver, we also know you're not the right Quicksilver. Yes. And that was like. It and wasn't they have even, the whole meta humor. It's like they recast uh, Pietro. Yeah, like they recast Pietro. Which was it's like, wait, what? I, I mean, that was honestly that was pretty brilliant. And of course, it sent everyone's head spinning of about crossovers and other stuff that was just ended up being it just ended up being nothing. A red herring. Yeah. Um, I still think it was a, it was a brilliant piece of casting. Um, well, I just like that guy well enough. He's actually pretty. F- he does the character well. Yeah. So I'm pretty fine with seeing him come back. But, um... And he clearly seemed to have the X-Men Pietro... X-Men Quicksilver's power set more so than Avengers Quicksilver power set. Because Avengers Quicksilver was fast, but not like stop time fast. Uh, you're right. I guess I don't know. They didn't really play much with that. Well, they, okay, think about. No, 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 I, don't, I don't. This is yeah, that's sorry. all. Like we're like we're pretty we're pretty late far into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's not because we were talking about Agatha, Agatha Harkness, and firstly, it's like that's a cheesy origin story for her. That was we're getting also, in episode eight out of nine. It was also it, like it's one of those things where this is just we've totally introduce this brand new concept to the MCU of actual magic and witchcraft. Well, technically Doctor Strange sort of does that. But Doctor Strange, there's still this sort of idea that... Mysticism, but not witchcraft specifically. The idea in in Doctor Strange is that he's sort of right all along. That the... it's, It's all just science that is we can't totally understand that all of these relics and other things like the the eye of agamotto ends up being powered by the time stone which isn't magical so much as it is 
you know, some kind of cosmic... It ties into Thor, who's talking about, you know, you know, in the very first Thor movie is like, you know, you call it science, we call it magic, or, or some call it magic. Where I live, they're one and the same. Right, exactly. And so the witchcraft seems to be entirely... It's based on runes, but those who knows? I don't... Yeah. Because, again, they're going to explore it. And I'm wondering, actually, now, the Doctor Strange movie, is Wanda going to be a holy protagonist role? Or is she going to be somewhat antagonist? Who knows? But it's, like... Because they don't seem dedicated to making her a full... Like, she's not really an anti-hero, but she's certainly not a hero. Either like it's it's it right the whole the end by the end of this show it doesn't feel like she's one or the other it feels like she's and that's interesting technically but again well it's interesting about it because in the end she doesn't really accomplish anything good right all she really does once her gone finally undo the harm that she's done and that is kind of an interesting place to put our our hero Uh, only now she's got a book of evil. Oh, so the, she's more uh, powerful. The dark hold. She's learned how to be more powerful, and she's effectively discovered she's a super saiyan. Like that's that's the end of the show. Like that, that that's the whole... character. Think... This is where again, like for me, it's like character growth wise, she's learned a lesson, and she's made a mistake. And to me, like learning that lesson is the value of the 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 whole experience. But she's also a Super Saiyan now. And it's like, that's the element to me there. It's like, man, I'm not 13 anymore. Give me something it's better not, than that. Like, Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not so much the idea that she's, oh, now she's a Super Saiyan or whatever. It's just the idea that, again, that we need to further. And this is, the so, o- this is also the only reason Agatha even exists in the show as well, when we think about it. To bring out this whole Scarlet Witch identity role thing with right, the book. right, where they could only, she only exists to basically level to level Wanda up, right? And and I and I think that could have been they could have done more with the character in may and again maybe this is something that shows up on rewatching, but just thinking back, I don't think it really will. Where showing her sort of sabotaging a little bit more obviously um i i I don't know again and that that is the one part of the show that no the closest is when you see the neighbor guy and he's about to say something and she basically stops him that's the closest you really get though there might be something closer to like again like when she shows up in that moment to drag Wanda to her house and then to the basement with her rooms. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like, she's... And she feels very much like an MCU villain, too. In that there's really not much to her. She just exists there to be a foil and then for the protagonist to... Which, for a movie, I'm honestly fine with, especially when it's focused more on the oh. hero... For the TV show, it's like this is a this is just a waste of time. Well, especially because what's the last what's the last MCU movie that had a villain? A like traditional that? villain? Well, I mean, Far From Home. Yeah, but that villain that was, was a bit of a different villain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he was right. He's 
He's not very deep, but he's a, actually, oh my god, he's almost the same thing. Like, from a different perspective, but it's like you think he's one thing and then he turns out to be another thing. I mean, but that's, uh, a, that's a great, that is a great scene where where he reveals the whole thing is illusion and the whole reason yeah, reveal. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that was, he, he had a little bit of, like, that was a really clever villain. That wasn't just like... Maybe sort he, of, because it's like the more I think about it, the more cheesy it is. But the thing is, it's like actually Vulture was a good villain. Vulture was a good villain. Killmonger was a good villain. Uh, um, I feel like there needed to be more of Killmonger. Okay, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. The the I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen that. The the I won't spoil you because the villain isn't necessarily who you think is the villain. I'm really not going to see it. But anyway, I really don't. I, the, 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 is, 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 it is what it is. Um, I mean, I guess I've just been of the opinion that the, the as MCU went on, the it started to get better, better with villains, which I guess says even more about Agatha that uh, she's not very interesting. Like, it, 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 did she really need to go through all of? Because some of it's also just writing convenience. Like, did we really need to go through all of Wanda's history in order to figure out what she did? And technically you don't, but it's convenient for the audience. And you know what? The only two flashbacks of those I liked were her and Vision in the compound. And then when you find out she didn't actually steal Vision. And you saw that they had a deed to a home. Like, those were the good flashbacks. The two flashbacks prior to that where you see, like... This is why well, she the, likes sitcoms. And well, so also, they needed to do they needed to do that so that it wasn't just headcanon because we could all very easily headcanon that you know whether it was from you know old syndication that you know in the the older shows were cheaper to syndicate by. Why would she be thinking of these if she's from Sokovia or something? Right. Or why is she yeah. thinking about these American sitcoms? If she's from from some Eastern Bloc country, and and right that miraculously develops an American accent because clearly either Elizabeth Olsen didn't want to keep doing the accent the whole time, or which is, the voice coach was tired of trying to get her to do an accent, which was lampshaded multiple times, um, which you know. But so, yeah, so I, I understand like maybe that wasn't. I mean, that, that also, isn't that the first time she uses her powers? And part of the point of that scene was to establish that she had she had powers before she used the no, mind no, no, stone. No, 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 That, uh, well, maybe. Because that's the thing. That's, that comes out a bit unclear. Because they insinuate it, but they don't actually say anything definitive. Right, they insinuate that she has... The whole Some kind of innate power that she evidently used because the bomb was defective, or whatever. The Stark Industries bomb right. was defective. Which is, and this is another and thing. Then where it's like, wait, is did this is was another, it, or did she really use a power? And, and this is another thing where they they just totally mix up all these different versions and iterations of Scarlet Witch in the comic, where her original power set was the the hexes were was a prob essentially probability magic. That it makes the most improbable thing happen, so that you know she puts so a hex. So, in other on, words, the hex was about probability. The hex, yeah, her hex power was all about probability that she could, she would make improv. Like so, whatever she puts a hex on you, and 
your whatever, I don't know. You were text on me right now and there was a frayed wire and my laptop shorts out and explodes and we lose this whole recording oh, or no. something like that. Um, you know, that's, that's the, was a kind of the whole gimmick versus the later reality bending powers of like, oh yeah, I just rewrote all of reality so that mutants rule the world. Oh yeah, then I just re-rewrote it so that all the mutants disappeared except for like the core X-Men. Yeah. Anyway, but so I guess I, I, the flashbacks I think largely make sense even though I do kind of, again, I hate this sort of retcon where like you said, we've turned her from sort of a grounded hero, whatever, superpowered person, metahuman that sort of follows the established rules of the MCU to... The dreaded prophesied Scarlet Witch. Right. That the Book of Evilness has warned would come in the evil. Dark Hold. The Dark Hold. Ugh. Come on, man. Get your Marvel book straight. Ugh. That's all I'm going to say is ugh. So, but it's, 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 ah, it, it. And, well, okay, to, to, to spin this back into positive and again move into other territory, there's at least one thing that I liked, even though, again, uh, Blue Jewel Vision. Or should we call oh, it prototype yeah. vision? Like, uh, completely unpainted vision? Now he's out and about. Yeah. So vision ain't even dead. Thanks, comics. But is that is that vision? The whole Theseus. And that's the thing. I liked the defeating of the villain by stop fighting and do Theseus instead. Like the Theseus... Uh, the do philosophy the ship of Theseus, right. Yeah, it's like... I like that and it's funny because my brother and I just talked about that like a week ago like right that was the, um, but it's like that's actually a pretty good way to resolve and, that and that's also in character for Vision and the idea that what they created was still recreated was still Vision it was based on the scans of his brain or whatever that it was still Vision but it wasn't Vision but it acted behaved in the way that Vision would behave so you had that was a good moment, I and that's about it. <laughs> and there was the one weird, the one thing that struck me as being what the heck is other sub Marvels? Uh, what's her name again? Monica Rambeau. What also. the heck are her powers? I forget. She so she was actually technically Captain Marvel. The original Captain Marvel, yes. Before, and I'm well, not the original right. Captain Marvel. Oh, so the original Captain Marvel was Marvel, right. who was the Kree. And then Miss Marvel, who is um, Carol Danvers, who would later become Captain Marvel, got her powers through Kree stuff. Monica Rambeau, though, was Captain Marvel before Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel. And she, her powers are, uh, I forget the exact origin. They're like reversing it all of a sudden. More cosmic stuff. So, right, so... Those with comics knowledge when watching Captain Marvel movie, they knew they you see Monica as a kid as a a kid interacting with Captain Marvel, you knew who she's gonna grow up to be. Now her mom was like firstly, I never saw Captain Marvel, so do I recognize her mom? No. Okay, because I thought for a moment it was the woman that in Civil War was standing at the elevator with Tony Stark and was like, I lost my son in 
Now that I think about it, yeah, it makes it clear. Yeah, I, for some it. reason I thought that was her. No, so... Okay, so someone else... Fun, uh, so, it's, I know it's from the comics, but Sword, I mean, come on, man. Shield and Sword. Shield and Sword, yeah, exactly. It is. Come on, man. I know it's from the comics, but come on, man. Like... <laughs> yeah. And then, well, they also did that whole tie-in where, like, it, where, with... At the end, where she's going off to yeah to, to Freeland or whatever yeah. So it's like I don't know what I don't know what her powers were. I liked her better before because that's the thing again. Like they had to give her powers, and it's like she was a great character before she had powers. Now I feel like you've actually devalued her as a person. Like thank you very much for that show. Everybody powers exactly. He's like you get powers and you get powers. You get a show. You get a movie. Pretty soon they're gonna be giving Cat Denning powers, and that's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I actually really liked her in this. I thought, I thought she was great too. I just hope they don't give her powers. Me um, too. It's... And also, I want to see on the next MCU show. Forget about finishing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I want to see the the agent guy that was like in from Ant Man. Frank who? The from Ant Man. He was an Ant Man. No, no, no. no that's what I mean. Like his name was like Frank who? Is that his name? Agent Frank who? Or something? Uh, that might be right. I want to see a show about him, like. X-Files style show or something where he's just... But lighthearted. Like, more lighthearted, yeah. Where he's just like... Because in the end, they show like he's actually like pretty competent. Yes. Where he sort of seemed kind of like a bumbling idiot chasing Scott Lang and, around. And Man, yeah, and Man and Wasp. But he's actually pretty competent. And I'd like to see him just going around the country putting out all these sorts of fires. Of Speaking of... The, okay, so lead sword guy... I also kind of disliked him, but like not for the reasons they wanted me to dislike him. I disliked him because the writing got more and more and more stereotypical. Like, I, because at first I was upset. I was like, okay, so he's going to be the guy that's just like, oh, it's dangerous, therefore we must destroy it. It's not the guy that's going to have logical reasons that the audience can understand and be like, I don't like it, but he's got a point. You know, they're not going to do that. He's going to be very simple. Oh, wait, no, he's actually scheming and he wants to reactivate vision and be a weapon and blah, blah. It's like, uh, So villains all around in this this show are terrible. If they got rid of the villains, or at least made uh, Mr. Sword Guy, like, less of a cartoon, and again, the focus was more the conflict, inner conflict yeah. of Wanda and her technically being the bad guy. I agree. I think... Would have been a such great. I agree. Great I think that would, that would probably be the, the I, would, I would change if I were Chris script doctoring WandaVision is right. I would make I would make Wanda the the sort of the an, antagonist. She's well, yeah. Doesn't make you a villain. Just makes you the antagonist. And I would also sort of and maybe even make if you want to bring in this Scarlet Witch stuff or whatever else. Make the final confrontation sort of like an internal, or maybe confrontation, or maybe you can manifest it physically just so you can have a big spectacle or something between this these two aspects. What the Scarlet, the evil element that Scarlet Witch represents, and then her controlling the evil power. Right, something like that, rather than her ability to control the power. Yeah, that I'd be able to get behind that better as well. Right, where. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, again, I still really enjoyed the show. There's a lot in the conclusion that just 
doesn't entirely work or that again it's too focused on setting up the next thing doing whatever's going to happen next versus actually telling a good standalone story and again the one thing that that bugs me the most that i think the handling of the kids actually i think is what bugs me the most I mean, they were all right child actors, but for the most part, it did have that well, cheesy child. Well, not just that, like, the whole, like, I don't know. And not I'm actually a, I'm fully explaining where they came from? Uh, yeah, I'm a parent. I'm a parent. So the idea, right, they don't fully explain where they came from. Yeah. And then it's just, it's like they're aware that they're, like, not going to wake up. They're going to go to sleep. And then it's not just like, like they're just going to cease to were exist. They? They were, hey, there was this whole, like, oh, thank you for choosing us, mom, kind of thing. Like, they were... She said, thank you for choosing me. Or she said, thank you for choosing me. Yeah, they didn't say thank you for choosing they, us. Oh, that's right. It yeah. seemed like they were trying to hide from the kids that they weren't going to wake up. Yeah. Well, there's something about that that just, like... Uh, like, I, I would have, Again, like, for me, that's at the point where it's like we spent so much time on spectacle. I was like, this moment ain't landing like it should. Where, so what, what I was hoping they were going to do, again, parent here, um, was like show that they were somehow pulled from, from someone else in the neighborhood kind of thing. That, and I like see them and they're just off, they're just twins from somewhere else living there. Maybe life. they didn't want, wanted to be that flawed because that's actually kind of messed up to take someone else's kid. Granted, we already had the one woman that's like, she's been in her room, like, my, my daughter's age, she's been in her room for, like, something, like, I want to hold my daughter, like, you know, they had that element, which is kind of dark, but, yeah, it's like, you, 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 that would actually be still be more interesting. Uh, anyway. Yeah, at this point, we're done. I don't know there's much spent, else to talk about. Oh, well, there's probably plenty we could have talked about. Like, well, it's, it's, it's been a, it's, yeah, we could have gone episode by episode. We probably could have talked about a lot of the side characters and stuff. But we hit on just about every, all the... Yeah, we kind of hit stuff. more thematic, big um, picture. I mean, that's the thing you can basically get from us. It's, like, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good show. Flawed, but I mean, f- where you land at the very end depends on what you feel regarding the cinematic universe greater stuff and all that other crap like for me it's like it 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 completely killed any enthusiasm i could have had for any other mcu style television show because i'm just i'm 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 done i'm done with the whole like chasing around these storylines for all this especially after covid like do you know how nice it is not to go to the movie theaters actually i kind of miss the movie theaters you know I don't. I don't miss people talking during the movie. You know what's nice that I used. You know what's nice actually right now. Baseball practice. Everyone's like happy to just like be outside. Be outside and be talking to other people and. But do you have your mask on? No. Are you social distancing? Mostly. Mostly. But anyway, it's um. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm looking forward to. You know, watching whatever happens next in the theater at some point, but... All joking aside, continue to wear your mask for the time being. And remember to stay distant from each other. But don't get too bothered by it. Just, you know, if you want to go outside, go outside. It's not the Black Plague. We don't have to burn corpses. 
Why do you say that like you're reminiscing about burning corpses? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> a little secret I need to tell you. It's time to stick grand gra- great grandma onto the pyre. I'm actually a centuries old witch with energy draining powers. Alright, everyone have a good night. That's that's <laughs> all from the A Steve Show, brought to you by Ovaltine. Rich chocolatey Ovaltine, full of vitamin goodness. Have a good night. Have a good night. I'm coming for you. Shut up. No. <laughs> He's coming to tell you about destiny. <laughs> <laughs>